how you can too with your host, your boy, Alvy, aka Danny, aka Mr. You Can Too. Man, what a wild week last week was, as I'm sure a lot of you also experienced the aftermath of George Floyd's death and all of the different stories and narratives and things that have come about since. In this episode, I'm unpacking a lot of my feelings, experiences, and lessons from last week in hopes of letting you under the hood a little bit and voicing some of my frustrations in the situation and also in myself. I really hope you gain value from this episode, and if you do, please share it with your family, friends, and loved ones. I appreciate you. Enjoy the show. As we know, we've been in unprecedented times. The last 10 days since George Floyd's death. And for me, it's been really, really, really eye-opening experience. Because last week is the most that I felt triggered, angry, and really like this old form of myself that I thought I transcended. The type that could be very explosive, want to fight, be extremely upset, react instead of respond. And to be honest, last week I was exhausted. As a result, I wanted to take this time to unpack a lot of my feelings from last week and also to share all the different things that I learned that I think can be of value to you. The first thing that came up to me is protect your peace. I am a firm believer that the more grounded I am, the more centered I am, the more I protect my peace, the better I serve myself and the world at large. It's so interesting looking at so many times last week, I was in huge consumption mode learning more about George Floyd's case, learning more about the systemic racism that has been going on since four years ago when slavery first started. I was unpacking a lot of the different narratives that people were creating and seeing different sides of the stories, which felt like there were an infinite amount of them. And what I realized is that I was in this learn, 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 go, 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 consume, consume, consume mode that I didn't even realize how much energy I was depleting. I didn't realize how much I was letting fester up in me without giving myself an outlet to recharge, to center myself, to come back to homeostasis balance. And it showed up in how I internally felt. I felt a level of heaviness that, honestly, I haven't felt since my mom's death. It was this feeling of despair and hopelessness where I'm looking at the system, where it's at, 
and being seen that or being shown that we haven't come as far as I thought we have as a society. And I realize a huge part of that is my own privilege. Clearly, there's white privilege out there. And then there's all sorts of other privilege that exist. And I realized for me that since I've been in the, the sphere of personal development, growth, coaching, everything like that, I realized that I have gotten far disconnected to a lot of the racism that still exists. And racism looks so many ways. And a big misconception I make up that people have is that racism is only overt racism. It's this type of racism where we literally call somebody out because of the color of their skin. We tell them that they're not good enough. We tell them that they're inferior. We blatantly disrespect them, discriminate on them, and we treat them like the other. However, the systemic racism is so much more subtle. And that's what I realized. How a lot of the thoughts, the fears, the way that black people are looked at as a whole in today's America isn't KKK and, you know, Confederate flags and all of that, even though those things do exist still. It's this subtle type of racism that really is much more apparent than I ever thought it was. And it's showing up to me so much in the narratives that I heard so much of last week. The first one that really disturbed me is this idea that people get upset when they hear the term Black Lives Matters, and their comeback to that is all lives matters. I agree, yes, all lives do matter. And the reason why that bothered me is that within all lives are black lives. However, we continually see year in and year out and damn near day in and day out how black people are being treated differently in this country. Black people are viewed differently in this country, not only by white people, but by black people as well and all people of color. There are prejudices that are there, and I think that's human nature. But the difference with prejudice is that prejudice can be a negative thing and go towards discrimination, or it can be used as a positive thing where we look at it as a way of taking action. Like, okay, here's my prejudice. Let me center myself. Let me see where that's coming from, and let me transcend it and show up so much more powerfully in the world where I do include everybody, right? And this whole rhetoric of all lives matters really takes away from the plight that so many black people, including myself, are feeling today. When we see a George Floyd get murdered on screen, whether it's through our cameras, on the computer, on the TV screen, we literally sat and watched this man be murdered. And yet, what we hear 
is this whole thing of To me, when we bring up All Lives Matters or when I hear All Lives Matters, it really does take away from black people. And I feel like it really does diminish what we've been going through, the racism, the injustice, the inequality. And I saw a meme that was so genius that really depicted what that looks like in simpler terms. It was of a person, or it's three people, and one person hurt their leg. And the person on the floor says, ow, my leg. And then the second person turns to the third person and says, hey, get help. And then the third person says, what about my legs? (laughs) And I couldn't help but laugh when I saw that because that's what it sounds like when a person says, all lives matters. You are literally taking away and diminishing the struggles, the racism, and the overall plight that we're going through as a collective black people. And I think it's really unfortunate. And one of the spaces that I see this in, that I was very surprised to see this, is in this space that I call transformation. A lot of people who are doing personal development work, a lot of people who, and and deep down, I know they do believe in equality for everybody, yet I couldn't believe how insensitive some of the conversations that I was having with these people, because I would have thought that out of all the populations out there, it would be the people who are deep into personal development who would realize how much of a problem this is. And come to find out, I was in for a nice surprise and for a little bit of an awakening. And it's just one of those things where I was having so many conversations with people about that. And I realized it ended up turning into not arguments because I wasn't argumentative and neither was the other person, but it was really I experienced distraught because if these people don't get it how would I expect other people who haven't done the deeper inner work to get it so that was one thing that really 
really took away from my my piece last week. The second thing that bothered me was how so many of the narratives and the stories were being taken away from the main issue at hand, in my opinion, of racial injustice, police brutality, police not being held accountable, and really just overall racism. One of the ways this was showing up in people's narrative was how, you know, rioting and looting is not the way to protest. That's a fair thing to say. Someone, anyone is entitled to their opinion. What I say, though, is that there is no perfect way to protest. There's no perfect way to go about getting people's attention because truth be told, there were people who tried to protest peacefully in the past. We'll say uh, Colin Kaepernick, who ended up getting blackballed out of the NFL and was criticized for taking a knee during the national anthem. That's a peaceful protest. And while it generated some nominal changes, it's not like what we're seeing today. And a lot of different pundits and people who critique them for that have actually came back now and apologized for not doing a better job of listening. When I look at the rioting and the looting that's been going on during this time, to me that's such a small percentage of what's actually going on. The vast majority of the protests that have happened have all been peaceful, peaceful protests. People utilizing their ability to assemble and march peacefully in order to show their solidarity with one another and also to show their frustration in what's going on. That's way more prevalent than any of any of the looting and the rioting that's gone on. And come to find out, as we look at the looting and the rioting, a lot of those people were not even black people. And again, I'm not saying that looting and rioting is right or wrong. I'm not here for that. Whether it's effective or ineffective, I think that's a, that's a, that's a great debate to actually have. And the reason why I bring up how a lot of these looters weren't black is because from my experience, what I was hearing from people I was having conversations with and a lot of these news outlets is that it was black people who were strictly being blamed for the, the looting and the rioting, which we all saw is not the case. It was people of all different colors and especially a lot of white people who are also engaged in that activity Yet the way mainstream media was portraying it was that, oh, it's black people doing this. Again, I didn't think that was fair. And that upset me a great deal to see that. 
So whether rioting and looting is effective or not, I'm going to go ahead and say it's had some type of an, a positive effect because look at all of the change that has been happening. The peaceful protest, the rioting, the looting, the defacement of property. All of these things have been happening simultaneously and finally people are starting to listen and things are starting to change. People are actually looking at how the police are funded and looking at actually taking away funds. All four officers in George Floyd's death have actually been charged. Would that have happened without the rioting and the looting? I don't know. Am I saying that rioting and looting is good? Not per se. However, has it been effective? I think so. That's just my opinion. Again, I'm not for violence. I'm not for looting. I'm not for rioting. However, I can understand how with all of the things that have gone on in the past decades and hundreds of years, people have so much that have been bottled up and boiling up that if it explodes and it expresses itself as rioting and looting, then that's what it is. Because there's a difference between rioting and looting, looting, or looting, and killing somebody. When property's damaged, property's stolen, it can be replaced. People have insurance for all of that. When a life is lost, it's never coming back. So I was really upset when there was so much criticism and just anger towards property getting messed up. Like, in the grand scheme of things, who cares? Like, that stuff will get fixed. That stuff will be replaced. Lives will not. And that's where a lot of my frustration came from. My third level of frustration came from how all of these no, I'm not going to say all these people. A lot of people, many non-black people, were trying to bring up this idea that, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. would have never done this. Martin Luther King Jr. was a peaceful protester, and all of his protests were peaceful. Well, first thing I tell people is, like, you don't know your history. <laughs> Hopefully at this time you're taking the opportunity to look at your history more. Because people were hosed down, were brutally beaten by police, were attacked by police dogs, all while they were peaceful protesting. Martin Luther King Jr. said it himself, that when a group doesn't feel heard, listened to, and understood... Things like rioting is going to happen because people aren't going to stay quiet. Yet they look at this kumbaya version of MLK that maybe they learned during, you know, a two week segment in high school or in middle school or in elementary school, whenever it was some very watered down version of what really happened 
that was also created by the same people that have been oppressing black people this whole time. So that's for a whole nother episode. But that that's one thing that bothered me. It's like, don't, don't look at what's going on in the world right now and try to throw MLK into my face and be like, MLK would have been upset with you. I doubt it. And that's just me personally. And switching gears, I really want to talk about how it's so important for all of us going forward, black, white, Latino, Asian, people of the islands, people all around the world. We're, we're in such a, a touchy time right now. We're in a very sensitive time. And we're in a time where a lot of change is getting ready to happen. And something I want to really, really have you look into and hopefully prioritize is your self-care. Self-care is going to be so crucial during this time. We as a people are expending so much energy researching, learning, having conversations, creating resources, being of service, that if we're not careful, we are going to run ourselves into the ground. And then we're not going to be able to be of service to anybody. So my challenge to you is to take a step back, look at everything you're doing now to better inform yourself, better educate yourself, better create understanding amongst people who are different from you, and also, you know, building up black people, brown people, people of color. Take a step back and see if if the way you're currently doing it is sustainable. My lesson from last week is that if I work to attack how I learn and how I connect with others and help them understand, I'm going to run myself into the ground in a matter of a month. I realized that I was so exhausted last week. I was getting the worst sleep that I've gotten in a long time. I started getting away from my meditation. I wasn't working out as much. My food intake wasn't as clean as it usually is. And I realized that it's all because I was so focused on just the issues at hand and how can I help and how can I learn more and and how can I inform others that I literally took away from myself in the process. And one of the things that I always say is how important it is for me to take care of myself before I can take care of others. I tell my clients and listeners all the time that if you truly want to be of service, you got to put your mask on first before you can put on somebody else's. And I realized that last week by having all of these conversations with all these different people that I was attempting to put on their mask before putting on my own. And it wasn't effective. 
I was tired. I was upset. I was angry. I was all of these things because not only what was going on in the world and what I was seeing, what I was hearing and how I was internalizing it, more so because I wasn't taking time to refill my cup. I was not taking time to recharge my battery. And as a result, I was drained. And thankfully, this past weekend, I got to take a trip to Maryland to visit my girlfriend's family, celebrate her brother's high school graduation and his 18th birthday. And that really allowed me to take a step back and take my focus off of all of the troubling things that were going on in the world. Don't get it twisted. I'm not saying ignore what's going on. What I'm saying is don't ignore yourself. Don't place yourself to the side in order to consume and educate yourself on what's going on in a way that's not sustainable. I'm all about sustainability in the sense that I want to be able to do things so effectively that I can do them for a long time and it doesn't take away from me. And that was my one of my biggest lessons from last week is that I was doing, 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 doing and not taking enough time to be. So my challenge for you this week is take time to be. If you're a person in this process who wants to work as an agent of change, who wants to really pick up black people and and help create a better world, a better United States of America, a better local community, please, please, please take care of yourself in the process. If you are strictly focused on only learning and creating change and using a powerful voice and you're not taking any time to recharge your battery, you got to run yourself into the ground. And then you're not going to be of service to anybody. I saw a beautiful quote last week. And it essentially said that in this time of change, we need alive revolutionaries, not dead martyrs. We need live revolutionaries, not dead martyrs. So understand, I need you. We as a collective need you to take the time to fill your cup so that you'll be able to create this long-standing, this long-standing change forever. Take the time of stillness, whether that's walking outside in nature quietly, whether that's meditating for 20 minutes, whether that's taking a nap, whether it's reading affirmations, journaling, whatever it may be, take time to do that every single day. Number two, get your sleep. Make sure that you're taking time to get your eight plus hours of sleep. 
if you find yourself on Instagram or watching the news and just consuming everything that's going on, understand that that stuff riles you up. And the more riled up you are, the harder it's going to be to go to sleep because your nervous system is just getting like bombarded with information and it's getting super excited. And now the last thing that it wants to do is go to sleep. So take the time to disconnect. Take two hours before you go to bed to disconnect from social media, from traditional media, from reading, from even writing. Like take time to just chill. Number three, get great food in. Eat real food. In times of stress, it's so easy to go to what's convenient and to go to the junk food because that mouth pleasure will satisfy you in that moment. However, afterwards, you're going to feel like crap. And if you feel like crap, you're going to think like crap. And that is a terrible, terrible, terrible cycle to be in that I make up most people are in. And it's just magnified at this time. So please, please, please cut out the processed foods. Drink as much water as you can, ideally, at least half your body weight in ounces. Take care of yourself through proper food. Number four, set boundaries for yourself. What I realized I didn't do last week was set boundaries around the conversations and the amount of conversations that I was willing to have. Anytime somebody wanted to learn more or they wanted to hear my opinion or they wanted to see if they were going about it, quote unquote, the right way, I would pick up the phone and I would be there for them. And I realized that because I didn't set any boundaries around it, it really led me to be exhausted, absolutely exhausted. My energy was completely, completely drained. And it's all to my own doing. It wasn't because other people made me feel some type of way. It was because I didn't take the time to say no, because one of my one of my weaknesses way back used to be that I would say yes to everybody. It was almost like a looking good conversation. I didn't want to say no to somebody. I didn't want them to feel bad. And I also didn't want them to create some story around what it meant about me to be saying no to them. And because I was had so many things out of whack last week, I just caught myself saying yes to so many things. And I realize now that I get to create boundaries around the conversations I have and the amount of conversations that I'm going to have moving forward as it as it has to do with anything, but especially racism and inequality that's going on in America, especially towards black people. So my invitation to you is to check in and see how is it that you're going to create boundaries in your life and around these conversations so that you keep your peace and that you're in this for the long haul because I need you in it for the long haul and so does the rest of humanity. The last thing I want to touch on before I go is check in with yourself on what this time means to you. What is it that you want to accomplish 
What is it that you want people to know? What is it that you're looking to find out? And connect to why all of that is. Because once you're very clear on all of those questions, it's going to give you a true North Star to follow and allow you to really be of service to yourself and others. Just understand why. If you want to be an agent of change, why is it that you want to be an agent of change? What do you see going on and how are you interpreting everything that's going on in our country right now that you don't like? And how is it that you feel like you can create a change? And within that same question, I want you to think about how are you source for what's currently going on in the country? How is it that you've been showing up that's been allowing what's going on in the world to continue to go on in the world? Because at the end of the day, I'm all about ownership. And I think we all get to take ownership in how we are creating this world right now. For me, what's coming up is that I was really just turning a blind eye towards just how deep and rampant racism still is. Because I'm overall a super positive person, I believe in growth, I believe in bettering myself and those around me, I was always just looking at, okay, how can I build myself up? How can I build myself up? How can I build up those closest to me? Yet, I wasn't really looking at how I could be of service to the people who don't have access to me, to the people who don't have the privilege or the resources to afford, let alone one-on-one coaching or personal training, yet people that can't afford these group trainings that I've been a part of, because I realize that stuff is expensive. And not everyone is going to have the resources to do the type of work that I've done so far. And I've had a couple of people tell me that, oh, well, you know, there's so many, you know, free resources on YouTube and on the Internet that people could watch. And then I had them look at that statement and say, well, look how easy you're just glossing over the fact that you're just assuming that everyone has computers, that everyone just has access to the internet because there's a lot of people who don't. And and also think about the people that say they do have access to the internet, say they do have access to a computer, yet they don't have the time to educate themselves or those closest to them, family on this, because they're working two jobs just to put food on the table. They're working two jobs to ensure that all of their bills are paid, that their kids are safe. I realize that there's privilege in even being able to create the time to better yourself. Something that this has inspired me to do now going forward is seeing what type of resources and opportunities I can create so more people 
in the black community, more of my people have access to the types of tools and resources that I've been privileged to have. I'm really passionate about that. And something I want you to also think about is what resources and privileges do you have that you want to make more open and accessible to others? Because at the end of the day, we live in a world of the haves and the have-nots. And unfortunately, the haves have not looked out for the have-nots for most of time. And I've realized that even I've fell victim to that. I came from this space where I just didn't realize how many people were struggling and how many people could use my gifts and how many people can't afford it yet could use it the most. So I'm using this time to create and to be of more service and to be able to donate and you know finances and time into matters that are really important to me. And at the end of the day, everybody has their prerogative. Everyone has their priorities. My challenge is to you is to look deep within yourself and see how you can be an agent of change. And if you don't want to be an agent of change, I would love for you to look deep inside yourself and question why that is. I make up that there's a lot of people out there who feel like they're being challenged at this time, that people aren't looking at their plight or that there's white people saying that, well, hey, I have my problems and there's so much that I have to worry about. You know, this isn't fair. Well, it's not fair that black people are still dying at the hands of police or that black people are dying at the hands of white people who claim to be quote unquote scared or that black people are having white people weaponize their white privilege and try to use that against them as in the case of Amy Cooper. So I think these are all great things to consider. Everybody has the power within themselves to be an agent of change. I hope everyone does that going forward. And while you are being this agent of change, please, 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 please take the time to fill your cup Take your time to unwind, to relax, even though these are very unrelaxing, stressful times. I challenge you to detach at times so that when you do come back, you can come back with the same power and integrity that I need and everyone else needs you to come to life with. We're in trying times, and as they say, you can't reach heaven without first going through hell. Black people have been going through hell for a long time, and we are ready for change. And we are in the process of creating it. And there are some powerful things that have been done and passed in these last two weeks I can only imagine where we're going to be one year from now, 10 years from now, 100 years from now. I'm an optimist. I believe we're going to overcome this. And and the whole process is going to be messy. It's going to be ugly. And a lot of people's feelings are going to get hurt. 
and actual people are probably going to get hurt. I mean, that's, that's what we've been seeing. Yet none of it is going to be in vain. It's going to be for the greater good. It's going to be so that we truly, truly, truly find and embody equality and that we be the, the great country that we claim to be. We all deserve freedom. We all deserve peace. We all deserve equality. And we can all be agents of change in this process. I love you. I appreciate you. I honor you. And as always, you can too.